0: Welcome to the SBS Tour de France Avic Zwift podcast. From plenty of first-hand experience, I know that Zwift makes indoor riding fun, and watching the Tour de France Femme Avic Zwift only adds to the fun. This is the first women's TDF in decades, so Zwift is calling on fans to watch the Femme and cheer on the women's peloton in action. And I'm pretty sure it'll inspire you to ride, because the finish line well, that's just the beginning. You could even watch the tour while riding on Zwift, joining a group ride, doing one of the workouts or exploring some of the roads of France, like the Ventop Climb, Alpe de Zwift, or the Champs-Élysées. To dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial, head to Zwift.com. Here's Christophe and Macca with the SBS Tour de France Avic Zwift podcast.
1: Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au, slash sport or loggerrides with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, I've got Gracie Elvin and Dev McKenzie. How are you guys? Well, I've got
2: the mic first, so I'll speak <laughs> first, but really... I was just being
1: polite. I, you, yeah, that, yeah, no, you absolutely <laughs> were, but
2: actually, rightly so, Gracie, you should speak because we're on day two, stage two of the Women's Tour de France, and it was cray-cray. It was crazy. (laughs) It was good cray-cray. We we don't like crashes, but wow, what a stage.
3: It was, yeah, unexpectedly dramatic, and it was good. Apart from the crashes, I hate watching riders crash especially because some of them are my friends and people that i've ridden with over the years so it's almost it is a lot worse when you see people you know crashing but man it was a great stage and there was crosswinds and there was teams trying to you know put it in the gutter and there was splits coming through the intermediates i think we we had it all and it's only stage two i think that that just sets the scene for the rest of the tour
1: yeah absolutely agree Maka. we talk about the crash and uh Gracie, I I, mean, I was next to you when the crash was happening. You were actually asking people on TV, going, "Stop watching, stop showing this, stop, stop showing, showing this." Play, yeah. uh, is it the same for you when you see crashes and uh, uh, or, or or being away from the peloton for so long now? I think softens up a bit. No, uh, no, look,
2: I, I've certainly crossed the fence that, and and, I'm, and I say this in all seriousness. Not, I don't make a joke about it. We're in the entertainment industry, and yes, we don't want to see crashes. Of course not. We don't want to see men or women get hurt. But you know that was that last hour of racing was dramatic, emotional, exciting, and that's what entertainment yeah. is. So um, the couple of crashes today were particularly bad and looked bad, and there was one rider and i hope she's okay yeah she didn't move for a while and that's when you you just want the camera not off that yeah. and then the replay of nicole frayne flying through and i think she sort of collected spratty we didn't want to see that again okay one replay fine but then that's all
1: and we'll talk about the crashes just after uh going through the stage because uh, there's so much we can discuss about it but we have a, a fantastic winner here in uh, Provence can you say the name of the city? Provence. 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 We have this little thing every time, but oh, he's, he's learning. So That's good, he's car. learning. Hey, um, I'm better than others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on. Um, but So, uh, stage finish in Provence, and then very fitting for
2: Marianne Vos, and then she wins, she gets yellow, she gets the green, she gets the lot. She's, I'm handing this over to Gracie, because all I'll say is she's the goat, but wow, she just keeps, she keeps delivering.
3: Oh gosh, so many people. Including us, are happy to see Mariana Voss take the stage win and take the yellow yesterday. Oh, today, I wanted to say yesterday because we we're hoping for that too. But I actually think that it was great for the sport to have her second on stage one and to have the drag race with you know, new generation Lorena Webers. She's the fastest currently in the peloton and she has only been for the last few years, whereas Mariana Voss has been winning bike races since you know the dawn of time it seems in mm. women's cycling not really but the last 15 years she's been the top of the game so I, I just thought that that was a perfect way to set up the tour but we all wanted to see Voss win a stage and to do it on stage two and take the yellow I think that's a really great scene setter for this tour
2: and I was I, I had a little snippet of time so when the podium was happening the music was blaring and I walked to the side watched Voss came out it was a beautiful moment she was crying and I asked her in the interview and she she kept her emotions in check in the interview and that's 20 minutes after she's crossed the line obviously but yeah she's won everything there is to win she's won more than the best male cyclist you know she is the goat isn't she but she still had tears streaming down her eyes what why do you think she had that
3: I don't know if I've ever met someone that loves what she does more than Mariana Voss. Uh, you know, I've had the pleasure of, you know, hanging out with her a little bit. I don't know her super well, but, you know, I, I've seen her race. I've rubbed shoulders with her. I've seen her on start lines and I've seen her on finish lines and I've seen her collapse after finishes. She gives everything. She might make it look easy, but she empties herself every time she wins a bike race. This, I believe, is her 241st career win. And... <laughs> um, which is an amazing and to see emotion after 240 Mm. wins that tells you how much she loves what she does and how much she cares about the sport she lives and breathes it and i'm we're all waiting for the day when she retires because that is going to be a huge moment as well because Mm. she she's been around for so long and she's given so much to the sport but she's given so much of herself you know like Mm. I, i i'm a huge fan because i respect how she races
1: can we talk about the, the dominance of Yumbo on the women's peloton as much as the men's peloton as well? Uh, are, are the work they do, is it similar? Is it any similarities? Or is it completely two different teams, two different psychologies, two different ways of approaching the race?
3: I think it's quite different, not in terms of how the team is set up. I think the team is set up you know very much as the sister team to the the men's team i think they have great support they have great coaching they have great technology and all exact same equipment but the way that the team roster has been set up is very different you know they they don't have the same budget and they're not going to buy all of the big riders so mariana Voss is their uh flagship rider she'll she'll be the one that's you know going to most races to win them but she's got one thing that she's done in her teams over the last 10 years is been a bit of a mentor to younger riders and they they have a really great development system and there's some really strong riders coming through the Yumbo Visma team so it's not a team of hitters but it's a team of future hitters and they're getting mentored from the greatest of all time like what an amazing opportunity for those riders but they, they are strong enough to support her currently and some of them are actually strong enough to win stages in stage racing
1: because we were expecting her to be at the forefront of this race, uh, pretty much from the word go, um, and it's the million dollar question every time, but uh, do you think she would want to keep that yellow jersey all the way to Superplanche de Belfis? Is it something she would try to get her claw, her claw on it and then not move and not change at the, at the top of the GC? Or there's a bit of a different strategy that can be applied?
3: Oh, Mariana Voss will try and win every single stage if she can. She can't help it. She gets the white line fever. It's just who she is. So I think that she will empty herself. It's not about her trying to see if she can win overall GC. I think that would be a huge bonus, but I think she just races her bike. She loves racing her bike every day and she loves doing her best. So if winning overall is an outcome of that, so be it. I don't think that's going to happen because, you know, the GC is really going to be decided on those last two days. And I don't think that current Mariana Voss is able to compete with the specialist climbers these days whereas 10 years ago it was a different story riders like Annemiek van Vleuten and Demi Vollering they're just they're so good now on the climbs so i think to answer your question Mariana Voss will keep the yellow jersey for a few more days but she won't take the, the the last one home
2: but isn't it great and it's funny because i was saying to our producer as the race was unfolding and that group of riders went off the front which you know, one that won the stage. Annemiek van Vleuten missed it. And, you know, she's been so dominant, as you say, but I like it now. She's got to play a little bit of catch-up. I I want to see a close battle, no matter who wins. uh, We just, and I think we all want to see a close battle, and it comes back to that point of, you know, we're in the entertainment industry. So they could try and work, it. they're going to, I imagine Voss, she's one of the smartest, we know that. She's going to try and, work and make over every opportunity she's got and extend that advantage would you think
3: I don't think Voss in particular is going to I think the track team have a huge you know investment in Today, mm. I think that they were going to try and get time on Van Vleuten and Vollering some point in the tour. I don't think anyone expected them to get time on stage two. So you've got Elisa Longa Borghini from Trek, who had Balsamo there working for her in the break to get as much gap as they could. And there was also um, Cassiani Wadoma from Canyon Shram. So they're two riders that were going for GC, and they've already got a gap on Annamiek Van Vluten. It's It may be not be enough on those last stages, especially especially. especially on the Planche de Belfi, but wow, like that, it's already shaken up the race and it's already put Annemiek on notice, so we're in for a great week and I think that we're going to see a few more um, plays on this GC game before we get to those mountains.
1: What about the ozes? A bit, a a bit of a hot and and cold water being thrown on on, on our on our teams here because not such a great day for for Amanda Sprite, for example, and a bit better for others.
3: Oh, gosh, it was an awful day for Spratty. That was one of the hardest things for me to watch today, and that was, as Maka said, I wanted them to stop replaying it because you don't know in those moments how hurt someone is. Um, It it just threw me back to those moments when Anna Meek crashed at the Olympic Games and the camera was on her for too long and she was really, really, really injured. Uh, Thankfully, Spratty got up and finished the stage today, but I believe she's been taken to hospital to get some scans, so... Who knows if she's going to be able to start, I hope so, but I think she's going to be in a, a world of hurt if she does start. It's just a lot of bad luck, and she's had a lot of bad luck the last 12 months, really. She's been coming back from a major arterial operation which is a common cycling kind mm. of injury. Uh, it's take, it takes a long time to recover from that. Then she got COVID right at the crucial point of the Giro only a month ago. And she didn't have any expectations this in this tour to go for GC, but she still wanted to be her best self, ride for the team. And she, she might not get that opportunity now. So it's really tough.
1: But at what point do you think, you think you're jinxed? that your year is jinxed and you have to wipe it out. Because it's it's a lot to take on for the whole year for for Spratty on an event she really, really targeted.
3: Yeah, personally, I don't believe in the jinxes and the superstitions, but other riders do. So I, I think some riders just have bad luck. We saw Caleb Ewan having a terrible tour this year, a terrible year, really. So... It's part of sport. Plenty of top athletes, plenty of the world's best athletes in any sport have their bad years. And it, it's just a bit of a run of bad luck, unfortunately. But I know Spratty's still got her eye on other things. She's, she's going to be going, gun, gunning for the World Championships in effectively her backyard in Wollongong. So that's still going to keep her motivated and keep her morale up. But it's, it's tough because this is a, a big goal for her, but it's also a big moment in women's cycling.
2: Um, Ruby Roseman Gannon she she had, a, she had a great day actually she was 17th on the stage that doesn't sound like much but for ruby you know she's still learning the ropes of professional cycling and it was a tough finale so she made the front split and tiff tiff cromwell she's like a good red wine she is getting better with age
3: Tiff is definitely getting better with age. She's in a happy place. She's been riding really well the last couple of years and it's because she has a really nice life balance now and she trains a lot with her F1 partner, Valtteri Bottas, so... Yeah, she's, she's an exceptional athlete, but she had some rough years, so I'm really pleased for her that she's been doing so well lately, and she's in great form this week, so I think she's going to be crucial to her GC rider, Kasia Niwadoma in the Canyon Tram team. And Ruby, she's green. This is her first pro year. She had a great opening start to the season. She learnt the ropes in the classics. They're really tough races. She actually had a really bad crash about a month ago out training in Andorra, and she... Um, had a severe facial injury so for her to be back in, in pretty good shape at this tour, I don't think she's got any personal expectations but she's been up there, she's mixing it and, and mentally having the confidence after a crash to do that in a scary peloton a nervous bunch, it's it's not that easy to do either and she's she's being a great support for Alex Manley who's in top form yeah. going for the intermediate sprint so Bike Exchange, while they might lose Amanda Spratt to, at some point in this tour, if it's not today um, they've still got Great cards to play.
1: <laughs> Let's listen to uh, Ruby Roseman
2: Ruby, what can I say? That was a crazy sort of finale, not just the finish, I'm talking about the crashes. Looks like you avoided it all, but how was it out there?
4: Yeah, it was uh, pretty hectic. I think it was going to go one of two right ways. Everyone would expect crosswinds and there wouldn't be much damage, but today was the opposite of that. And I think we saw that on that intermediate. Uh, some GC girls c- caught Animate napping, I think a little bit and some of the GC riders, we didn't expect that. So, we were in a good position and then uh, Alex had an unfortunate crash and earlier, Kristen, I think I had a, I was like a cat with nine lives because I saw my life flash before me, like a thousand times, but I survived and I would have loved to have the legs to finish it off there at the end for the team, but I was just on my limit. It was a really hard day in the crosswinds.
2: How much do you learn out of a day like today?
4: Yeah, a lot. Yeah, I've made a few, few kind of friends in the peloton and. Um, Helps a lot, I think. When you're <laughs> trying to navigate the bunch, you show them respect; they show you. So, I think that helped me a little bit today. Um But yeah, otherwise, not the best day for us. But it was fun.
2: And
1: uh there was Ruby Rose Magowan. Can we talk about uh, Nicole Frein as well, uh, Maca? What uh, what what do, what do you uh, think about her performance today? There was also that crash, which we we'd have to to talk about.
2: Yeah. Um Yeah. Look. I I'd spoke to, I think you spoke to Nicole, I spoke to her off mic and just said, you know, are you okay? And she said, yeah, I think I'm okay. I'm, she had a bit of skin off here and there and, you know, let's, I'll just talk about the crash It actually happened. Nicole was getting, just getting back on and she said she thought she was going to make it through. She she thought there was, there was a gap and there was a gap. I agree with her. And Gracie, you know what it's like as a cyclist. when you're When you're in the zone, you'll do anything you can to... Squeeze through a gap or make it through, you know. And unfortunately, that gap closed because more riders crashed in front of her, and then she effectively collected, I think, Cavalli and and Spready on her way through. And it looked really nasty. But ironically, Nicole came off better of those two by the looks of it. So it was a it was a crazy sort of fifteen minute span of the race, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was kind of unbelievable watching. Uh, uh I really, I'm glad that Nicole's okay. I really, as I said, I hope Spratty's okay. But it was a a dramatic crash. It's certainly going to go viral, unfortunately. And I hope Nicole takes a few days before she goes and watches it because it's, you know, mentally pretty tough. And, And also it might be a bit embarrassing to be honest if, if I was in that position you don't want people thinking that's the kind of rider you are she's actually a really great rider she's got good skills it just was a really bad moment and when you've had a crash your adrenaline's high you're rushing to get back to the bunch and she doesn't have a ton of experience in Europe you don't know how hard it's going to be for you to get back through the cars to get back to the bunch so you're just kind of in this really panicked state and it was I, I've been in situations not quite as bad as that but you you go oh crap i i just wasn't even concentrating properly because i was in such a rush so we saw that footage not just the overhead but that the footage from behind and you mm-hmm. c- you could get exactly the angle that she was getting and and it looked like she did have a clear path through and then suddenly she didn't so i really feel for her today
1: yeah. you, you and i and, and our producer we, we talked about the impact a crash like this can have and you made a very good point that in men's racing and and women's racing the crashes are seen differently uh for the men they're seen as uh, the tough it's a tough sport it's not necessarily the case for women and that that is bothering
3: it does bother me a bit and i think i've touched on it already It, it might not be a great look for women's cycling but i hope now that we're at a point that enough people know that the level of women's cycling is so high that that was just as dramatic as a crash like that would be in the men's cycling. It's a really tough sport. It's a really dangerous sport. But the, the level of skill in the peloton is very high. It, do, it doesn't mean that those moments can't happen and it's got nothing to do with the level of skill that these riders have. But I want to put a bit of a, a, a an asterisk on this one is that... The level of teams here, we've got all of the best World Tour teams and a, and and some of the best UCI-ranked teams, which is that level below. We have a couple of extra teams here that these riders actually don't usually race very often, and I think that it's a tough, tough thing to say, but I want to say that. I don't think that they should be here. It's the Tour de France. Fam. Dramatic. There's 24 teams here. I think there should be 20 to 22 teams right. here. And I feel like having those extra dozen or so riders in the peloton that are not used to racing World Tour riders, that makes a big difference and that causes crashes. I'm not going to say that they did cause some of those crashes today because they didn't. Some of the World Tour riders did. But it just it's more numbers in the bunch. It's more nervousness. These roads are narrow. Maka, you and I drove the last few K. Yeah. The roads aren't in great condition No. Nah. and it takes a lot to make it through here safely. So I don't know. I think that you want to have a good balance of race. You want to be able to have riders that can be able to develop into the world tour but you have to also say well this is the biggest race in the world right now should they be here
2: well yeah and i'll i'll take your controversial comment and i'll raise your controversial comment because you <laughs> just Do we remo- need a parental warning here because <laughs> i know you <laughs> well no you just reminded me as you say we drove the last few k's and we both sort of said it when we got to the tv compound but at the time i thought it i thought they wouldn't make the men race over these last three kilometers in my opinion at the tour de france it was a little bit road was a bit rough surface and there was a few um speed bumps and they weren't speed bumps that you could sort of fly across you literally you would have to sit up out of your saddle and it, it didn't look like there was a huge warning for them so maybe the motos were going to come as the race came but to me i just thought it was a little bit sketchy the the one 1.5 kilometers to go was fine because then the road opened up and it was that big straight stretch as we saw but that sort of three kilometers to 1.5 kilometers i thought was a little bit um, dangerous
3: i I agree with you Uh, we haven't seen any of the 21 stages of the men's tour de france with a finish like that Uh, i think it's hugely to do with budget i think that the tour de france found they're putting on a great production but it's nowhere near the level of the production of the men's tour nor that it should be it doesn't have to be exactly matched right now I think that they need to build into something as big as that but there also has to be safety considerations I think that's priority over a lot of other things so I'm interested to see I'm going to ask some of the writers actually tomorrow what they think about the stages and the safety and it, the stage finish today reminded me of some of those dodgy gyro stages in the in Italy so yeah, I, I'd be really interested to see their Take on
2: it. She's completely jumped the fence, hasn't yeah, she? I know, you, I know, you've I know. taken like, you've taken 21 days. This is why I'm very quiet because I'm, I'm in shock. I'm just
1: yeah. like, whoa, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, okay, okay, <laughs> right. This is what we <laughs> We're are liking. Now. It. This by is the why. Way. <laughs> uh, but you know what? We had a fantastic winner, and that winner today was Maya Avos. Let's listen to her.
2: Mayan, what a win! Yesterday it was so close, and now it's a revenge.
5: Well, it's not a revenge. It's just a beautiful, uh, beautiful day, and uh, yeah, actually, I can't describe what happened. We uh, we knew we had to be focused. We had to be alert, also on the on the bell lap with one lap to go because it got narrow and the wind played a role. But uh, actually, I didn't expect that we uh, we would uh, break away and would stay away. But um, yeah. Uh, like yesterday, the team did a perfect lead out for the Champs Elysees, and now they brought me perfectly into this uh, this bad lap and uh, to the sprint. And yeah, and then uh, Elisa Balsamo attacked, and apparently it was the moment to uh, to go. Two
2: hundred forty-one victories. This one is it the best ever?
5: <laughs> for now, it's definitely the best. It's uh, incredible. Okay, like, uh, yeah, it's uh, of course. <laughs> Yeah, you're here and you're, try, you're trying to be focused. But then uh, to take the victory uh, today, it's uh, it's it's beautiful. And I have to thank my team.
2: This day was so crazy, so nervous. Did you feel confident before the last kilometer?
5: No, <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, of course, I wanted to try my best and to do uh, the things right. But uh, I also knew there were some fast girls, but we, yeah, it was of, of course very hard in the final. So everybody uh, probably had sore legs. So I knew I, I just had to to go and see if it would be enough. Thank
2: you very much
1: and congrats. Merci. So that was the winner of the stage, yellow jersey, green jersey wearer, uh, Mariana Voss. Stage three, maca of, uh, of the Women's Tour, the Tour de France. Femme, with Zwift, we should say. Uh, where are we and um, where are we going? It's in the Champagne region. Rhin? Champagne. Rhin? Rhin? No, no. Rhin? You do this one every year. Reims. Oh, Reims. Reims. Reims to Epenet. Epernay. Yeah, that's Epernay. Fine. I'll let you this one. Yeah, Epernay. To Epernay. Rennes. But Epre it's Nair. the champagne Make sure region. You tell Kino He's got champagne tomorrow. written
2: all over uh, all over it. It should be fantastic. Yes, 133 kilometres, three category fours, cat three, and similar. I believe this is a similar stage. The run-in is very similar to the stage that Ala Philippe won a few years ago. Yeah. and Clem yellow. On that yeah, yeah, and it was a gnarly finale. I don't know if you remember it, Gracie, but I'm expecting fireworks tomorrow again. And a real shake up in the in the in the race for the yellow and the race for the stage win
3: Definitely. I've heard from a few riders that have gone to recon the course that it's a bit of a punch in the face. I think the the profile doesn't do it justice. They've gone out and ridden these roads and they've realised that it's a tougher stage than it is on paper. But they've already been tenderised today, so a punch in the face (laughs) is going to hurt a little bit more tomorrow, I think. Um, But we're in for a great stage. We heard from someone even higher up than our producer today that he couldn't even get seats at the finish. So there's a lot of popularity with the fans even to be there the finish so i think that a lot of people are expecting it to be dramatic but hearing from those riders that have actually ridden the course i think we're in for a treat
1: absolutely are you excited
2: well i'm excited and i'm obviously excited about the race i've been jumping out of my skin i think since it started but a bit of champagne yeah tomorrow night Mm -hmm. and maybe you're the local not just sparkling yeah proper Proper. we're in a proper we are the one region where champagne is from do you drink champagne gracie do I? <laughs> yes. I'm up
3: for one. Just one, just one. Yeah. We better share a bottle. <laughs> just one bottle. Thank you for coming.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. This was the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport or log rides with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, same place, same time tomorrow. It's bye for now.
0: Thanks for listening to the SBS Tour de France AVEC Zwift Podcast. I hope you're having as much fun as I am watching the Tour de France film Avic Zwift. As the finish line is just the beginning, the next step for me is to get ready for the Australian summer, so I'm going to keep fit and keep it fun on Zwift. A fun way to train is to join one of the group rides, hop in with a pace partner or an ad hoc bunchie, and take on some of the great courses. My favourites are Ventop, Alpe de Zwift, the RGV course in France and the Japan inspired Mercuri Islands. And if, like me, you've been inspired by the women at the TDFFAZ, dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial by simply heading to Zwift.com. Right on.